Welcome to Studying the Song, a podcast to help musical theater actors figure out what to sing and how to sing it so that you shine in your audition, one-woman show, or leading role. My friends, talent and passion are only the beginning. I believe there is freedom in preparation. I believe that when you put in the work, practice the skills, and do the research, something amazing happens. You become so prepared in your craft that you become unstoppable. In this podcast, I want to give you the tools and skills to create a powerful audition book that showcases your artistry and actually gets you work. I want you to feel totally at home reading the musical score of a show, and I want to help you define your unique artistic voice. Consider me your own personal vocal coach in your earbuds, cheering you on and bringing you the reality checks you need along the way. I'm Corey Yamaoka, and I'm so excited to be walking this journey with you. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to Studying the Song. Um, As you know, we have been in the middle of a three-part series entitled, How Does Melody Tell a Story? We've already had part one, which Melody, um, what did we talk about? We talked about melodic contour, and then in part two, we talked about motivic development, and then part three was supposed to be today, but you know what? I actually decided to do something different. We're going to interrupt our series, and um, that will come back next week, so don't worry, but um, today we're going to do a mini episode, and this there's a topic that's been coming up this week because a lot of clients have been calling me wanting to do audition book sort of refreshes. They want to take a look at what they have and get rid of the stuff that like isn't working anymore. So I thought, um, what better way to do that than in like a little short episode, just to sort of introduce you to how I would approach working with one of those clients, or if we were to work together, how I would approach working with you. So, um, let me just wrap up what I said. There it will be a part three of how does Melody tell a story? And that's all going to be about melodic form or song form. Okay. I didn't want to leave you hanging because some people, they hear three parts. And if they don't hear the title of the third part, they're going to be like, what the heck, Corey? Now I'm just obsessing about that. So put that to rest. You don't have to think about it. So mini episode today about refreshing your audition book. Um, as I said, I've been hearing from a lot of people that they want to work on their audition book. They feel like they haven't changed the material in there in ages. They want new material that like fits who they are now. I mean, after the last year and a half of this pandemic, like I think everybody has discovered a lot about themselves and what they really want and, and maybe things are connecting with them in a different way. So they want material that reflects that. They want the book to just like feel fresh and more contemporary and like it's part of today's theater world. And not that like we abandon classic or older material. We definitely don't want to do that, but we want the material to reflect like the shows that people are actually doing. So in order to like work with somebody, I've got to know some stuff before we even start. So I usually send them out a little email asking them three questions and they answer these questions and send them back to me so that I can do a little bit of research and prepare for our first consultation. So what I thought I'd do is just share with you what those three questions are so that you can take the time and maybe just get your give yourself a little jump start. And like sometimes we know we need to do something, but we just need someone else to like give us the first step. I know I need to like figure out my audition book. I know I need to pull some things out. I know I need to find new material, but where do I even start? And that's what we're going to do today. I'm going to give you a place to start. So here we go. Number one, the first question that I give them or request is I say, 
can you send me a list of the songs you currently have in your audition book? So I find that a lot of people, they don't have a table of contents, maybe because like their, their repertoire, they like shift it in and out so much. It's like too much to keep on top of that, or they know what's in there. So they don't feel like they need to list it. But I like to have them actually write out the titles of all of the songs. And I tell them like, even the ones you're going to get rid of still write down because it gives me a sense of like, what are the kinds of songs you've been singing? What kind of voice do you have? What is sort of your character type? All of that are, you know, those clues are within the music choices that you've already made. And for you, it's really going to help you clarify what you have and what you don't. So once you make this list, you want to go through and kind of put them in different categories of musical theater. Um, If you don't know what categories those might be, I have a free checklist, 10 audition book categories you need. um, And you can find that on the resource page of my website, which is just coreyamaoka.com. Um, I know my last name is a little crazy. Um, it's my married name. My maiden name was actually even more difficult to spell. So Yamaoka, Y-A-M-A-O-K-A. It's sort of like Oklahoma. When I spell it, I always feel like I'm quoting the Oklahoma film um, or musical as it were. So anyway, oh my gosh, total sidetrack. Go to the website. You can download the 10 audition book categories checklist, and that will give you a place to start. And what's really cool, well, I won't mention all that about the checklist. It will give you a place to start. 10 categories seems like a ton. Do you need all 10 categories? Um, probably not. I mean, you have to tailor it to who you are as a performer. Um, if you are someone who is really great at legit singing, then you're going to want an operetta or an art song or something like that. Right. Um, but if you're someone who really lives in the land of pop rock, maybe the stretch for you is doing golden age and not really going back as far as operetta. Okay. So just know yourself. It'll give you a place to start at the minimum. You should be getting your songs or the categories that you want to clump them into are golden age. You want an up-tempo and a ballad, contemporary musical theater, up-tempo and ballad, and then pop rock. I would say up-tempo and ballad, but it's really like whatever the two um, like genres of rock or pop or R&B or funk or folk or whatever like that you feel the most um, like akin to, the most kinship with, <laughs> the most natural in your voice and what you listen to, put two of like the, your fave pop rock categories in your book. Okay. So you'll end up having a full list, everything that you have in your book already that you already know, you've got it memorized, you've got your cuts created. Cool. I know exactly what categories they go into. And then you'll start to see, oh, I don't have anything in this category. Like I have 10 golden age ballads and zero contemporary up-tempo pieces, right? That happens, y'all. Some people, their whole book is ballads, right? You know who you are. I'm working with some of you actually. Um, So (laughs) um, I love those pieces, but we want to have variety. Okay. So the first thing you do, first question I ask, list your songs that you currently have in your audition book, even if you think you're going to get rid of them. Okay. Number two, I ask folks to list three dream roles that you'd like to play in the next five years. So don't think like, 
I want to play Mama Rose, but I'm only 25. And so I can't play her, you know, for another 25 years at the earliest. So make it realistic and make it helpful. Your audition book is supposed to be aimed at getting you work today, right? And in the upcoming few years, you don't need to be switching it out every single year. It should, you know, be in this sort of chapter of your life. So what this is going to do is it's going to give you something really tangible to go after. Once you know your three dream roles, like A, you can be looking for those shows around town or in regional theaters and be auditioning and submitting for them. B, you should already start learning the material of those roles so that you can like be ready. Like if you do audition and they have a callback, like you already know what that material is. You've already been studying it and, and, you know, doing the character analysis and working with the vocals of, of the songs. So you want to start learning the material. And then thirdly, you want to look at your book and say, okay, what in my book right now can I use to audition for this role? Like your book is supposed to help you get the work that you want, right? It's not just audition pieces for the 5 million musicals that are out there. No, it's like you want the audition pieces for the shows that you want to be in so that you have more control over your career. So is there something in your book right now that you could use to audition for each of those three dream roles? If not, that's your first assignment. That's where you begin. Like you need to go to those roles and start finding the pieces that you think will help you audition for those that have a similar emotional moment to the big, you know, emotional moment songs that that character plays. I actually have a whole episode about, you know, how to find a good audition song. What makes a great audition song? Well, you want to have a song where the character's going through something, you know, they're breaking through a limit, right? I always think of defying gravity. If that's what you're going after, then you need a song that has a character that's breaking through a limit, right? Does that make sense? Or if you've got, oh gosh, I can't even think of another example. Something that is like, you know, razzle dazzle showmanship kind of thing where it's, it's almost like more interactive with the audience and you're really playful, then you need a song like that where the character is doing that same thing. So list those dream roles and it will start giving you the arrows that you need. Like, where do I go first? All right. Number three, the thing that I ask of people to send me. What are your th- what are your three favorite composers of musical theater? I love this because we don't often think of like I'm going to well maybe it's just me, but I I don't really hear people say I want this song because I just love this composer. Right? They're thinking, what should I be singing? What's going to get me the role? What's going to show off my voice? And I'm like, why don't you just sing the music of the composers that make you feel good, that make you feel good while you're singing, and then you actually sing better and you're more relaxed while you're singing. And like, you want your, your book to be filled with songs that make you feel joyful as a performer, right? So make a list. What are your three favorite composers? You can always list more. That's cool. I mean, if anything, it just gets you thinking about what your own music preferences are, like what inspires you. Be like, oh yeah, that show. I I totally forgot that Kander and Ebb did Kiss of the Spider Woman, right? It's not all cabaret and Chicago. So maybe like you see that come up on the audition boards. You're like, oh, sick. I'm going to go audition for Kiss of the Spider Woman. Or there's a great song in there that you pull for auditioning for something else. Second, for me, I'm asking that 
So, I mean, not that I'm going to be, well, I would be inspired by your choices. I'm sure. Cause I love so many composers, but I'm trying to see like, okay, if you, these are your dream roles, where are we going to start looking for songs? Ah, why don't we go to some of your favorite composers first and see if they have any songs that have that similar emotional moment, that similar musical style to the dream roles that you have, right? Because you might as well start with the composers that you like, start with the musicals that you like as the, the first place you look for new material, right? It doesn't all have to be esoteric. It doesn't have to be like nobody else has sung this song. Like that can actually work against you in your audition book, because when you sing a song that the, you know, the creative team doesn't know, they're spending that time trying to figure out the song instead of watching you perform. They're like, okay, what's the story? What are the lyrics? Who do I think this character is and what they're going through? And, and then they're like, oh, and did they sing it well? I don't really know. I've never seen this song. I've never tried to sing it. I've never heard other people try to sing it. So I don't know what the pitfalls are. I don't know, like maybe they're achieving some great thing at this moment that's really difficult, but I don't really know because I have, don't have any experience with the song. So I know a lot of singers want the song that nobody else sings, but you know, classics are classics for a reason. People love them. They're memorable. They're hummable. They've got great characters. They've been refined over time through this process of being on Broadway. And like, they're great songs. And you will always bring your own flavor to whatever classic you perform. It's it's why you can have like 10 different Hello Dollies with all these like diva women, like Carolee Carmelo just posted on her Instagram today you know, a clip of her in Dolly. And I was like, oh, I've never heard her sing this. It sounds totally different than Streisand and Channing and, you know, Bette Midler and whoever else played it that I'm leaving out right now, which is a million people, right? So don't shy away from the classics. If you like these songs, if these are your favorite composers, by all means, put them in there. Um, What also might happen as you're listing your three composers, you're going to say like, oh, I forgot about that show. I haven't listened to it in forever. I do this all the time. I'm like, oh, I was in love with that band. Why do I not listen to that band anymore? And, you know, time goes by and your tastes change and you find other bands or whatever. But I'll go back and be like, yes. Oh, you know, I never heard this song in this way. Oh, I never thought, I never like heard this lyric or this melody is really standing out in a brand new way to me. So as you go back to your favorite composers and your favorite shows, you're going to hear songs in a different way, especially if you've sort of transitioned into a new time period as a performer. Like if you've gone from the 20 to 25, but now you're like 30 or 35, you're going to see, you're going to hear different songs that you're right for actually, which is kind of cool. So that's it. Those are the three questions. List out, you know, what are the songs that you currently have in your book? Make a list and then list out three dream roles that you want to play soon in the next five years, and then list your three favorite composers and just see what that does for you. Like, how does that get you looking at your book with fresh eyes? How does it get you seeing like, oh, why is this song in here? Every time I sing it, I feel like crap and I never feel like I'm performing it well, or this just doesn't feel like me anymore. I've been through like so much growth in the last year or in the last five years. And I just, that's not my story anymore. That's not 
where I'm at. I'm, and it might be like my skills are so much better now. I need something that's more difficult or I want a character that has a, you know, a deeper journey and it's not as fluffy. Like maybe you want to do something that's more dramatic and more serious rather than a lighter, younger kind of piece. Yeah. I mean, light doesn't have to be young. I just think of something like Cinderella, a lovely night or in my own little corner. And like a lot of, you know, younger women start learning that rep, especially when they're in high school, um, cause it's age appropriate and it's classic material that, um, you know, is going to be done forever. I mean, R&H is going to have to be reexamined as we move forward in the theater community for its, you know, inherent racism and, and certain things like that. But, um, you know, those pieces are great for a while. And then you're going to move on to the ingenues that are doing, uh, that have a little deeper story that aren't just princesses going after the boy. Right. So that's that. I mean, you probably know that you guys, but it's always nice to hear it. Sometimes we just need a friend. Sometimes we just need like the coach to say, "Uh uh-huh, you know exactly what to do. You should just do it. I'll tell you a short story and then we'll be done. I have just started getting together with two amazing gal friends of mine, girl friends, and I don't usually do this kind of thing, but like I've got the podcast and I'm doing coaching and another friend is, I mean, they're both in the musical theater world and I don't want to totally out them, but they have their own businesses that they're doing and we're all artists and, and we got together and just sort of shared like, Hey, where are you at? What are you trying to do right now? What, what's your struggle? And we each shared and it was like so healing a to just say it, but then to have them say back, like, yeah, I mean, you just told us blah, blah, blah. Like you just told us that that doesn't feel good when you do it. So why did you just book another show doing that? And I was like, Hmm, that's a really good question because I felt like I should, but they're just there to like remind me that even though you say you should, you know, you don't want to. So all that to say, like, sometimes like the coach's role is to just remind you of what you already instinctually know. And that I feel like these are things that you probably already know, like listing your songs and identifying what roles you want to play. But, um, you know, do it again. If you haven't done this in a while, do it again. Okay. That's it for today. Mini episode. I hope that you found this helpful. If you would like to contact me to to do a coaching, that would be awesome. You can go to my website, which is just coreyamaoka.com, or you can send me an email at, um, what's the email? Studyingthesong at gmail.com. That's pretty easy because it's the name of the podcast. Um, I would love to work with you. I do everything on Zoom right now, so it's super easy to connect and we find a time that works for both of us. Um, can be in any time zone really. So that's pretty cool about working online these days. And then, you know, if you find these episodes helpful, if you've been listening and you're like, this is cool. I like having this chick like talking in my ear and reminding me of these things that I know, but it's like, I need that coach just like cheering me on. If it's been helpful for you, share it with a friend, spread the word, spread the love, like let's get other people on board. And then lastly, what you can do, which would be super helpful is to leave a review on Apple podcasts. You just scroll to the bottom of my podcast homepage and it says, write a review. You click that and then you can write like as short or as long as you want. That would be sweet. So that's it until next time. I hope you are well. I hope you are healthy and that you're getting back out there, that you're singing again. And you know, it's, There's a bright future ahead.
Like we have been going through some major growing pains, A, as a country, but B, as a musical theater community. There is a lot of repair that needs to happen, a lot of accountability that needs to happen moving forward. Um, But it's also like this electric, exciting time because all of this new stuff is going to open up all of this new stuff, like new venues are going to open up and new shows are being written and new, you know, new creative people like directors and choreographers and writers and music directors are going to be taking their stage, right? And having their moment and letting their voice be heard. So it's super exciting. I hope you um, are entering into it with a feeling of excitement. Um, I just like always go on for so long at the end of these things. Anyway, I will see you next time here on Studying the Song.